All right, let's get to hour number two. What's going on? I am Jim Rome, or maybe it's hour number one for you, depending on where you are, because I know that people join when they join. If you're joining us right now, you missed a good conversation with Pro Football Doc. And there is some reaction to the Pro Football Doc, which I will get to. Let me set the stage for you, however, if you have not been listening. Big day today. We had Dr. David Chow in last hour. Coming up at 40 past this hour, John Morosi, good friend of the program. Excellent, excellent, excellent MLB reporter. Also all over the NHL. Also, if I'm not mistaken, my man John Morosi can speak like 10 languages. Dude's smart. Anyway, he can speak the language of baseball as well as anybody. You had a blockbuster deal done last night between the Padres. That's what's in. And That's the what's in. Juan Soto on the move again. John Morosi joins me at 1040. We break that down. Here's what's different about this Thursday. Hour number three. We have a beef segment. I'm trying to trim the fat on the beef segment. It's going to be in the last segment of the show. So if you've got beef, and again, the beef segment sets up in a way that you can beef about anything you want once a week. But I'm looking to trim the fat. It's been a little fat last couple of weeks. So that's in the last segment. Backing it up. James Kelly in the segment before that. 1-800-636-8686. Before we take a walk up to the second floor which I'll do momentarily. Why don't we take a trip to the second floor? Why don't I give you clones what you want for the first time in a long time? Before we take a trip to the second floor, let me get you some reaction to the doc. Dear Jim, hell yeah, I coached. Appendicitis was nothing compared to my days punching the clock at the exploding pineapple factory. Norv, not at all predictable. That's the factory. That's the result of pineapples exploding and splintering and shooting into somebody's face. I was thinking about this. I would love to meet the clone who came up with the notion of an exploding pineapple factory. I've never heard of a pineapple factory exploding. Now, I'm not going to say I've never heard of a pineapple factory because I have. Used to go to Hawaii quite a bit, and I always saw that Dole factory. So I know they exist. Otherwise, Dole wouldn't exist, right? Somebody's got to jam those pineapples into those cans. I just never once heard of a, a work injury or workman's comp or an explosion at a pineapple factory. One of you clones back in the day made that up. I would love to know who did. Hey, Romer. Alvin. Romer. Loved the good doctor stories about Norv. Just hoping that does not give Kelly the green light for his Bonito and EJO blast in the third hour. Andy in Portland. See, the thing about James Kelly is, dude, he's got no new shtick. He just keeps going back to the same things over and over and over again. No, no, no. No, no, no. EJO. Like, that, that's what he does. Over he just has, like, over. four or five things over. that he just keeps going back to over and over again. So rest assured he will. And also, like, he's like the most immature 50-year-old guy I've ever met. Like, the dude's juvenile. The dude is sophomoric. The dude is borderline illiterate. But he's a savant. And he has systems. And he does a really good job at picking games. 
So yeah, you know what you're going to get with him. This says, this is funny. J-Rock. Alvi doesn't get colonoscopies. He gives them, come on! Come on! Signed, <laughs> signed the guy whose shtick is all about Alvi's sex life. Duke in Vancouver. Great job, Duke. Great job, Alvi. It's time, clones. Certainly Duke is Duke. Certainly Duke is Duke. He lives in Vancouver. Certainly Duke is Duke. No, that was good. Let's see what else we got here. This guy's handle is at yo underscore wife's underscore BF. That should tell you all you need to know about what's coming. That's that guy's handle on the X. At your wife's boyfriend. My beef is with Jim Rome tightening up the beef segment. It's only once a week, and you have the cojones to shorten it? Do better. I got a better idea, at your wife's boyfriend. How about you do better? If you did better, I wouldn't have to shorten it. At your wife's boyfriend? Dude, first of all, do better with your handle, at your wife's boyfriend. And if you're really going to rock something like that, at least throw an apostrophe on it. At your wife's boyfriend. I love all these underscores. What? Did somebody else have that? This guy's already complaining about the segment and he hasn't heard it yet. The reason I'm tightening it is because it's gotten fat. It's gotten complacent. It's gotten lazy, at least the last couple of weeks. Just do better. And then you can have your time back. Re-earn it. Then I'll give it back to you. I don't need to do better. You need to do better. That's why you lost that real estate. At your wife's boyfriend. Yo. All right, so. By the same token, what am I going to do? In early Christmas, let's take a trip to the second floor. I live on the second floor. I'm going there. Where am I going? To the second floor, a place where I never let you go. I'm going up there to visit our dude Luca because our dude Luca went legend last night. I'm just not sure which part of this night was the most legendary. That's how legendary that night was. I don't know what my favorite part of the night was. Was it the part where he posted a historic triple-double? Or is it the part where his mouth stole the show? So not only did this dude post his 60th career triple-double last night, not only did that move him past Larry Bird in the ninth place all-time on the triple-double list, he's only 24. Not only all that, but he posted a triple-double in the first bleeping half. 29, 10, and 10 in two quarters a ball. The highest scoring first half triple-double in the history of the association. That is insane. Insane. If that's not a reason to take a trip to the second floor, I don't know what is. That's incredible. Even crazier when you realize the dude is less than a week removed from the birth of his first child. So he's not really getting much sleep at the moment. 
which makes the absurd first half explosion even more absurd. But it does explain what happened in the postgame when he completely forgot where he was. You know how I always say, know your room? Know your room? There are certain things you can say in certain rooms and certain things you cannot say in other rooms. Know your room? Well, he apparently forgot where he was. Check out Luca. He certainly was not on the second floor when he did this. Check out Luca with Bowie Sports giving such a classic post-game interview that it rivaled one of the best in-game performances of his or anybody else's career. Yeah, uh, the point I said before the game, you know, we just kept f- around and uh, we just, oh, s***. You think you haven't been getting sleep? Oh, excuse me, my bad. Sorry about that F-bomb that I tried to cover with an S-bomb. That, that's incredible. My bad. That was a my live bad, interview. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is, sorry, so, not sorry. Me, There's some bad. things you cannot apologize for. Not that he should apologize for that. But just let me be very clear. Those were not live bleeped. Nobody hit the delay button on that. Those went out there. My man was very comfortable. That F-bomb and the ensuing S-bomb aired in all of their glory on live TV. My man's just loose and letting it fly. And then realizing what he did, he tried to apologize for it with an S-bomb. For the game, you know, we just kept around and uh, we just, oh, <laughs> That's legendary. All I said was before the game, we can't F around. Oh, S. Oh. Oh, That's incredible. That is an absolutely amazing moment. One more time. Live television. Before the game, you know, we just kept around and uh, we just, oh, (laughs) You you haven't been getting sleep. My bad. So, dude definitely was not effing around. And he wasn't effing around in the postgame either. This dude cannot be contained. Not by the Jazz, not by the FCC, not by some TV camera, not by anybody at all. (laughs) Again, is there anything better than trying to cover a live F-bomb with a subsequent live S-bomb? I guess you might as well get your money's worth once you've already crossed that line. Hey, Luca, I mean, why not? You're already going to get roasted for it. And by roasted, I mean hyped. He didn't just go legend with his mouth, though, in the postgame. He had an unbelievable burn in-game. A burn in the over-the-broadcast mics during the actual game. So this dude was getting nice with it during the game. Chris Dunn shoved a finger in his face, and then Luca got one of the most bogus tees I have ever seen. Far as I could tell, Luca did nothing except cook Dunn's ass, which is exactly what Luca tried to explain to the ref when asked why they both got texts. And you can hear Luca. It's not as clear as the other. But if you listen carefully, you can hear him make his case on the TV broadcast. Okay, listen very carefully. Let me just say what he said so you can listen for it. He's talking to the ref. I didn't quote, I didn't do nothing. 
He's just mad I'm busting his ass. Again, incredible. This is why I'm saying it was a legendary and historic night. I just don't know what my favorite part of the night was. As far as I can tell from any replay, he's exactly right. He was busting Dunn's ass, getting buckets like crazy. Dunn got tired of it and tried to stick his digit up Luca's nose, which was really weird. And Luca didn't react at all, and yet somehow they both get texts. Maybe the best part of the entire exchange was when that same ref that teed them both up tried to make them shake hands. And then Luca hit him with a, hell no. And then immediately walked over to another ref and asked him, Aight, so why did I get a tech? This dude is so awesome. He is such a savage. You love to see it. He's somehow as likable as Giannis, even though he has pretty much the opposite personality. Giannis is likable because he's the nicest, classiest dude, smoothest dude ever. Luca is likable because he's kind of a red-ass savage with absolutely no chill who does things like drop an F-bomb on live TV and then chase that and try to make it right with an immediate S-bomb. And tell dudes like, man, you're just mad that I'm busting your ass. Stop trying to pick my nose. Luca does not need some gimmicky little in-season tourney or any other reason or motivation to let it fly. This dude's always ready to go. That's why I will always shout that dude out for going legend. That's why I allowed us all to take a trip to the second floor, a field trip to the second floor when I never allow it. Enjoy it, clones. Soak it all in. Clones, follow me. Follow me up to the second floor. Let me get two and a half million of you to follow me up to the second floor. It's actually kind of bouncy and nice. And so you remember what the song's actually about, but who cares about that? It sounds nice. Just don't ask me anymore. Hey, clones, let's take a trip to the second floor. Just don't ask me anymore to do it because that's the one-off. Unless Luca goes absolute legend again. And that's what he did. I'll always shout this dude out. I'll even take that trip to the second floor. Even if it means I have to hear this song a bunch of times, which you clones never ever stop referencing, and I'm sure this is not helping. I admit it. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. You finally, I would say you finally wore me down and got me to take a trip to the second floor, but the fact of the matter is, it's all Luca. I don't know. It's more Jungle Tourette's. I see Luca, never mind doing incredible things. I just see the guy and the song kicks in. And then when the song kicks in, almost magically, so do your exes. But give it to this dude, man. The F-bomb covered with the S-bomb and him explaining why he shouldn't get a T, that this guy's just mad that I'm busting his ass is all incredible. And the triple-double to tie him with Larry Bird all time, and he's only 24, and he got the triple-double in the first half. I'll tell you what. I may move to the second floor. This dude's so great. I may live on the second floor. 12, I'm not going to read anything you have to say about that. 
There's no way, T. Wood. You're making this any better. All right, I'll play along, Wood. Since I went to the second floor, I'll read something of yours. My name is Luca. I live on that effing floor. I live O.S. upstairs from you. See, Wood, that's why I don't read your stuff, dude. The only reason I ever acknowledge your stuff is because you had a show about this show, which I appreciate. Except when you call my family members to be on that show. Not only did we go to the second floor, I think Alvin may have played the song in its entirety for the first time ever. Suzanne Vega, you're welcome. I mean, there's Suzannes up in here everywhere. Suzanne, Susan Waldman, Suzanne Vega. Anybody else? And there we go, John. There we go, Luca. 60 triple doubles at the age of 24 and the last one in the first half for all the dramatic things. Of all the dramatic things I've ever seen, Luca on the second floor. That's dramatic as hell. No clones. We will not be having Suzanne Summers. May she RIP. All right, there you go. Hey, clones. In the most emphatic way imaginable, you're freaking welcome. You're freaking welcome. Matt, help me out here. You're welcome. Anytime, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you. You are welcome, clones. Don't get greedy. Don't ask for more. Don't go, oh, okay, Rome. So we went to the second floor. Can we now do insert all the other moratoriums? No. You're welcome. John Morosi's coming up. I want to talk about Dion. Like, Dion, Dion, Dion. Dion loses eight of nine, and it starts to get more and more tiresome. And then he busts out with, man, you know what I want? I just want a little privacy. Like, are you, aw. Private. Dion, man, are you kidding? And then right when I'm ready to light this guy up for it, he pulls a five-star. Best player in the country at his position. Bought himself a little space, didn't he? The position that they need the most, he pulls the best player in the country. Dion. He's something else. Still, that said, Dion, it does not erase what you told People Magazine. That you wish last year you had a little more privacy. Private. Super rich. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare you're stuck in and your options for getting rid of it. Chuck McDowell, the founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for nearly a decade. In fact, over a decade. And he has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of these bad timeshares. They might be able to do the same thing for you, too. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry actually works and what your options are for cancellation, call Wesley right now, 1-800-462-3333, 800-462-3333, that's 800-462-3333.
You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right, so I'm going to reset this for you one more time. We're talking about the big trade. Seven-player deal. Juan Soto goes to the Yankees. He's got one year left on his deal. They need him badly. Last year was an unmitigated disaster for the Yankees. So they get this guy, they get this bat, that's big. It was a disaster. It was a disaster for the Padres as well, but they're pulling back now. They took their shot. They went all in. They threw crazy money at it. It didn't work. And now they have to retreat and kind of rebuild. So I think from the Padres' standpoint, they do pretty well. Given that everybody knew they had to do that and their leverage was not where it could have been, they did pretty well. They got some quality in return. They got some arms in return. They've got some depth in return. The Yankees take the big swing. The Yankees have to do that. So I want your reaction to it. John Morosi is coming up next segment. We have that. We've got the beef segment. Some of you are already crying about the beef segment because I said I'm going to tighten it up. We've had a lot of fun with the beef segment over the last year or so where it got longer and longer and longer because you got better and better and better. But like all good things, they have to come to an end. This is what happens when I give you nice things. This is what happens when I, gi- when I feed you. You get fat. And as Mark Cuban once said about the NFL, not correctly as it turns out, but what happens? What happens to hogs? They get fat and then they get slaughtered. Fat. What happens to clones? They get fat. fat. Then they get the beef segment reduced. Show up today dominate, own it, and you can have your real estate back. Today, it's going to be tighter. That's coming up next hour. James Kelly is coming up next hour. V and the fee just frantically fighting back for his place in the jungle. It's kind of a funny thing, right? I always say if you can make it better, you can get on the air. There are so many of you... It's like a fire hose. They're trying to drink out of a fire hose, right? You know that analogy. There's so many of you funneled in here trying to be heard. So how are you heard? Same thing as me. Like I'm doing what so many people are doing right now. Never mind that I was doing it first or earlier than most. But there's so many people doing it. So how do you get seen? How do you get heard? If you're V, you're a high-volume shooter and you go as aggressively as possible. He started the day by keeping one in the fairway, had a little bunny, kind of got himself in rhythm. Let's see if it's working. Romeo, that I live on the second floor song seems really fun and upbeat. Signed Tua singing Tears in Heaven. V in the Fee, War Shack putting his entire fist in Nosmar Garcia Parra's beak. Dude, you're all over the map. What does Nosmar have to do with anything right now? And it's not Nosmar Garcia Parra. It's Nosmar Garcia Pop-Up, if memory serves. Also, it was not Tua singing that. It was the Mannings. Tua played the guitar. 
V, you, or v, you didn't get any of that right. This says, I would love to live on the second floor. Only trailers usually don't have second floors. Signed, Methylene. TC in Oxford. Yo, dude. Horrible, horrible low blow aside. Where is Methylene? Methylene has long been a staple of the beef segment. Where is she? One more. Rome. Congratulations to Shad Khan for running a multi-billion dollar business like a local Little League baseball program with the same person handling all financial transactions is also the same person making sure the books balance. What? Did he also work the concession stands at the Jags games too? I thought the one thing billionaires did well was micromanage money-grubbing spendthrifts. You telling me you didn't notice the tills were a little tight until you were down 20 mil? Consider this my app for your now vacant CFO position. Mikey in Roseburg, Oregon. Bam, dude, you are hired. That is an American greed app if I have ever seen one. That's so true. That dude somehow was able to rip more than 20 mil from the team over like a four-year period. And shockingly enough, where do you think that money went? Exactly where it should go if you're embezzling and stealing from your team. Private jets, luxury sleds, $95,000 watches. That's my favorite thing about American Greed. That's why I love that show so much. I mean, I feel badly for people that lose their life savings to extremely, extremely capable scumbags. But I love it when those, uh, when those scumbags go out there and start spending that money. Of course, it's not my money, or I wouldn't feel that way. But I got to admit, I got to kick out of that. These scumbags, and it's always a Ponzi scheme, right? Then, then, then they try to stand before the judge like, we didn't know. We really honestly thought that we would pay back all of our investors. We just kind of got caught up. And had to keep getting more and more money to make good on our initial investments. But we never thought we were doing anything wrong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's always a Ponzi scheme. And you know you're going to get caught. So in the meantime, why not fly around in G5s? Why not buy a Lambo or four? Why not buy eight Rollies? Why not, well, frankly, chase sex? That's this dude. But he got away with it for a while. Then there's this story from ESPN. Live Golf is expected to announce that John Rahm's edition Thursday, barring a last-minute change of heart from the former world number one player, the sources said. The deal is believed to be longer than three years and is reportedly worth more than 300 mil and will include an ownership stake for Rahm in a new Live Golf League team, according to sources. Wait a minute, I thought that Liv and the PGA were merging. I thought that they were on the same page. I thought the war was over. 
Let's keep it real. I thought the PGA waved the white flag. I thought Liv already won. Not if they're still poaching their best. Not if they're still throwing $300 million plus at it. It wasn't John Rom. I'm a big Rom guy. Wasn't he one of the guys who said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No chance would I do that. Really? How about 300 mil and an ownership stake in a new Live Golf League team? Where's the pen? Of course. If this guy's made like, I mean, never mind off the field. I don't know what he makes off the course. But if he makes excess of $10 million in earnings per year, or a little more, whatever the number is, how the hell is that guy going to say no to three hundred mil? And I thought that there was a merger and easing of tension. What's going on here? It sounds to me like they're still trying to choke out the PGA Tour. His career earnings, and we're talking about a former world number one, right? Damn good player. Current three, I think. Number three in the world right now. His career earnings to this point, 77 mil. Yet they're going to give, so they're going to give him 100 mil per year for three years when he's made 77 mil in his entire career. Hell yes, he's going over there. You can't throw money at it. So that's another big win for them. Another major loss for the PGA. But what's going on here? I thought that they were on the same page. Apparently not. When we come back, John Morosi joins us. Chalk just gave me the timeout. That is the first time you've ever signaled for a timeout, bro. Is that a 20-second or a full timeout? Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Let's get right to it. We are joined right now by a legend, a legend for a number of reasons, but especially for the fact that he's been covering the winter meetings. He's at the airport right now leaving, but not before he does another jungle hit. He is a reporter for MLB Network. He is also a serious XM MLB Network radio contributor. Of course, a very, very good friend of the program. And again, at the airport, busting out of Nashville, John Morosi is my guest. John, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. How are you? Jim, happy holidays, my friend, to you and your family. Uh, great to be on the show again. And yes, greetings from the Nashville airport where I just walked by the man himself, Scott Boris, who was also heading out. So I, I know that when, when Scott is heading back west, I know it's safe for me to leave as well. That's outstanding, and he's going to come by. He's not far from this studio, so I'm sure he's got a lot on his mind. Let me ask you, so the Yankees, John, and the Padres pop that blockbuster last night. Juan Soto goes to New York as the centerpiece. Let me start by getting your overall reaction to this deal. What do you make of it? Love it for both sides, Jim. I really do. Let's start with the Yankees. They had the second-fewest home runs by left-handed batters of any team in the American League last year, which is just stunning for a team that is the, the franchise of Ruth and Gehrig uh, and all the greats. So they had to restore some balance to their lineup. They had to find someone that pairs so well with Aaron Judge in the middle of the lineup and, and helps to ensure that one or the other sees quality pitches to hit. I think there were too many days 
this past season, Jim, where we looked at a Yankee lineup and, and it was number 99, and then you didn't know where else the offense was going to come from. And with Soto, you have someone who produces like a Hall of Famer, and even the GM who just traded him last night, A.J. Preller, called him that, a future Hall of Famer. He also leads the majors in walks the last several years. He is always on base. And when you have that kind of an on-base presence, that kind of a discerning eye, I think, Jim, he's perfectly suited for Yankee Stadium because opposing pitchers will feel like there's just nowhere to go, no safe place to throw a pitch. And when you do that in the middle of the lineup, it just amplifies the anxiety they may feel when facing the rest of the team. So I love the move. Yes, it's going to make for some very interesting decisions for Aaron Boone with the lineup. And how often does Aaron Judge now play center field? If you've got Soto in right and Alex Verdugo in left, they just added Verdugo this week. They also added Trent Grisham in the trade. So uh, some good decisions, but, again, these are good problems to have. And for the Padres, uh, we knew that they would probably be dropping their payroll uh, following the, the tragic passing of, of their owner, Peter Seidler, and, and pivoting now towards the future. This trade, Jim, I believe allows them to accomplish that, to, to shed some payroll, while also really bolstering their, their pitching depth chart for next season. Michael King, they believe, can start for them. Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito are certainly also capable of starting. They think Drew Thorpe can really contribute to their team during the course of the upcoming season. So I really think overall, Jim, both sides did well. Of course, the Yankees are the one team, though, that got the future Hall of Famer in Juan Soto. John Morosi, expertly done. So, John, not only did they get the future Hall of Famer, but they have him for one year under the deal right now. Obviously, the Yankees do not do this deal if they don't think they can lock him up long term. Can you just really assume that? In other words, how big of a gamble is this for the Yankees? Well, it is a gamble, Jim, because uh, because of the the guest and fellow traveler I just walked by. It's Scott Boris. You know, he's he's Juan Soto's agent, and I uh, I don't think he's going to be giving any discounts. I mean, this for all for all the world, it appears like he's going to free agency. Uh, he wasn't able to to make a deal with the Nationals. Wasn't able to make a deal with the Padres. The Padres at least broached the possibility in, in general terms, and weren't really even able to get close on it. So. I think he's going to go to free agency, but I also know this. Whether it's Aaron Judge or others, the Yankees very rarely miss when they go 100% after a player in free agency. And I think if Juan Soto comes in and endears himself to Yankee fans and helps his team go to the playoffs in, in his first year and only year before free agency, he'll probably stay. I think New York really appeals to him in a lot of ways. But if it doesn't work, and if all of a sudden the Yankees are spending a bunch of money to still not have success and still not make the playoffs, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody if it's a if it's a different GM and a different manager making those choices. That's just the way that it works in New York. And so uh, there, there's a lot of pressure on everybody involved, but I'm sure that if you talk to Aaron Boone today, uh, he is a very content manager to know that he has Juan Soto in the lineup, and I think they'll, they'll probably worry about the extension afterward. I would just be really surprised, Jim, uh, I, I know it seems a little counterintuitive, but I would be very surprised if there were any assurances given or expected based on his future beyond 2024. John Morosi joining us from the airport in Nashville for a few more moments. John, I'm curious. I mean, I understand Shohei Otani's desire for privacy in free agency, 
But this whole thing, like Dave Roberts' mere acknowledgement that they met with Otani and that he thought it went pretty well, that it was as controversial as it was. What was your reaction to that? And what do you make of Shohei and his team and the way they're handling his free agency? Well, Jim, a couple things. Number one, no one should be criticizing Dave Roberts for acknowledging a meeting in which, by the way, he offered great praise for his belief in what Shohei can do long term. It was all very complimentary. And I find it, use the word, absurd <laughs> that a player would, would change his thought process about where he wants to spend the next decade because the manager of that team said something nice about him. If we're really getting down to it, that's what it is. And so do I believe that Shohei, after all the work that he's done uh, to look at the Dodgers, yes, look at other teams, but that that acknowledgement would change his thought process, I find that very difficult to believe. So in no way do I think there is any rational criticism that Dave Roberts could receive in any of this. Um, I, I do think that we as an industry have missed uh, an opportunity to, to maybe shine an even brighter spotlight on the game. You think about LeBron and the decision, not, not, as, not to suggest that was without controversy because we know that there was certainly plenty of discussion about that, but at least there was – there was a, a greater transparency uh, about the process and, and what the objectives were, where he was going. And listen, he's, Shohei has earned the right to proceed in free agency as he wishes, and certainly he is doing that. But to the larger question, do I think that the greater good of baseball and the, the health and interest of the sport around the world has been helped by the way this has proceeded? I would say no. I would say no. And it's probably uh, once once Shohei signs, let, let's hope there's a, a little greater degree of, of transparency in retrospect or some storytelling in retrospect that we might be able to get a picture of what transpired to build interest in the sport as we enter the new year. Concur. So finally, based on what you've been reporting, John, how many teams are still actively involved in the Shohei sweepstakes? Who's got the inside track? I think still, Jim, there are five teams still involved. I've called them the big five with a nod to our basketball friends in Philly. Uh, we've got uh, the Dodgers, the, the Giants, and the Angels all in California, and then, of course, the Cubs in Chicago and the Blue Jays. Now, the Blue Jays, I believe right now, Jim, the Blue Jays have, after the Dodgers, the next best chance to get them. They've reportedly had a very productive meeting in Dunedin, Florida, on Monday at their state-of-the-art new player development complex there. Uh, the city of Toronto presents a lot of international marketing opportunities, clearly. Uh, he'd be able to play his games beamed all across Canada in addition to the U.S. and Japan. So from a marketing standpoint, uh, you'd have three countries following him all the time. Uh, it's, just, it's a really interesting place that I think appeals well. The, the structure of Toronto in terms of just the way the city is designed and the way that it moves and feels, I think probably reminds him a bit of home. And, and he's played there before as a visiting player, has very good numbers at Rogers Center. So the Dodgers remain the favorites here because of their consistent winning, the culture they have. Medical director Dr. Neil Alatrash performed his surgery. So there's a lot of comfort elements there, Jim. But I do think after the Dodgers, the next best chance here belongs somewhat surprisingly to the Blue Jays. <laughs> 
as long as Dave Roberts stops saying really nice things about him, they've got a shot. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I just now that to me is beyond absurd. Absurd is not only an appropriate word; it, it's actually not appropriate enough. It's so absurd that Doc is getting any heat for that. He is a reporter for MLB Network. He is a Sirius XM MLB Network radio contributor. He is a legend and a very good friend of the program. John, thank you so much for making that hit. On the way out of town from the winter meetings, I appreciate you so much, John. Great job. Jim, any time for you and our friends here at the show. So I send my best wishes for the holidays to all of you, and I look forward to the next conversation. You got it, my man. Happy holidays. John Morosi is the absolute best. All right, so there's hour number two. Let me set up hour number three because it's a busy hour. What's your beef is in the last segment. Typically, we do it at the top of hour number three. I want to change up a little bit. Now, I'm not doing this to chide you clones. I'm not doing this to admonish you clones. I'm getting you to step your game up. I'm trying to trim the fat here. Step your game up. It's gotten a little loose. You've gotten a little loose with that segment. I think you're starting to take it for granted. So I'm going to tighten it up. We're doing that on the back end. And don't expect one of those 28-minute monster marathon-type beef segments. You can still beef about anything you want. Well, no bathroom beefs, nothing about the JN. But that's coming up. Keep it tight. Big head, James Kelly and I break down tonight's matchup. Pats Steelers. Man, there's a word to describe that matchup. It's not really a word I like to use, ass. But they're playing it. So we're talking about it. When we come back also, I want to reset some of the other hot topics of the day. We will do so. Your telephone number is toll-free nationwide. 1-800-636-8686. Finish strong on this Thursday. Hit me up. Also, hit me up on the X and email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com.